Rich, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, Sidel? Let me know if you're hearing me clearly and everything. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Good, good. You might have to just tilt your phone up a little bit because Instagram. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Now we can see you nice and clear. Cool. Everything good, man. How are you doing? How have you been coping during this time in the lockdown and stuff like that? Boy, it's been it's been challenging, but um, I think now I kind of catching myself again. At first, it was a kind. It was it was difficult being creative with all what's what was going on. And um, eventually, I kind of had to shake myself out of the funk and um, get back to creating again. And then it was particularly devastating that we missed out on a whole carnival season. And St. Lucia Carnival was poised to be like one of the best carnivals for this year. So, you know, next year we had to bring that energy. And hopefully, you know, the COVID give us a little relief. Absolutely, man. I, and I know that challenge of creativity is echoing across, you know, the entire Caribbean right now. Everybody who is an artist in entertainment right now, we really, really feel in the brunt of it. But it's good to man. hear that, you know, you, you found your creative energy. You're getting back into that flow again, really, really letting the music take you to a whole other place. Mm-hmm. Niceness. So for those of you who don't know, I would want to say this is Cidale, <laughs> the biggest and baddest Lucian artist that I know of. Cidale, can you take us back to the beginning, right? Because I know mm. we know you a lot for, for your mean tunes. You know, I've been listening to Cidale now since like 2015 now. Um, I know okay. you've been making music since before then, 2007 and on, right? Yeah. So take us back to the beginning. You know, what, what was your first experience? What music, what led you to come and to create Soka Music? Okay, so at first I was a DJ. I was part of a sound called Infrared Sounds. You might know Infrared, um, he plays in New York. And that's Kevin, right? But Infrared actually started in St. Lucia. It was a group of us that went to, to secondary school together. And eventually all of us migrated to New York. We were DJing. Eventually, I decided I wanted to create music rather than just play music. So then I was introduced to Sean Mastermind Noel. Um, he produced my first two tracks. That was in 2007. That was my first two recordings. Put it out. It did decent in St. Lucia. And I was just grinding ever since. It was, it was a challenge. And eventually, I got my big break in about 2014 with the song Pandemonium. And that song changed my life because I was at the point where I was thinking about giving up music. Because imagine this, eh? Imagine this. I on stage, I'm performing. This time, I'm like a part-time artist. I was in full-time. You know, I was going to school, working and thing. But I used to perform, and I'm on stage, and I'm like, put up your hand, put up your hand. And nobody putting nothing up. So I went through that for a few years where I just wasn't connecting with, with the people. And in St. Lucia, we're a tough crowd. So you have to kind of go through the motions. People have to get accustomed to you. And you have to continue delivering music of a, of a good quality. And again, like I said, in 2014, it was at Euphoria. It was Tedison John's show. Now, Teddy has a big, big show. Everybody always looks forward to it. And I remember one time I was in a barbershop and he came up to me and he's like, yo, I want you to perform at Euphoria. 
And of course, I'm excited, but I'm still expecting to go on stage and just get a lackluster response. I was backstage with Wildfire and Barry Hype was the one introducing us. And he says, Wildfire from New York. Uh, I hear people screaming and they say Sidil and people screaming. But it still didn't really connect yet because I'm, again, I'm used to just not getting a favorable response from the crowd for years now. And I, I just figured maybe something happened on stage that people were cheering for, maybe a giveaway or something. I don't know. Brother, when I touched that stage, the whole building lift up. The whole, like, so much so, it was like a surreal kind of experience for me. I'm singing and people are cheering me on. And in my mind, I didn't really understand what was going on. And there's actually video of that performance on YouTube. And you could see, like, I'm just a little bit confused because I haven't, I hadn't re um, experienced that, that love yet. And after we were done, you know, we shut along the place. That night changed my life. I walk in through the crowd and everybody's like, yo, good performance, good performance. People recognizing me in the stores, in the street. So it, it was a really good feeling. And that's where things really started picking up for me as an artist. Wow, man. That's an amazing, amazing story. Like, look at it. We got people in the chat saying, Nick, Nick saying, yo, I was at that yeah, show getting Nick, on rails. Nick, <laughs> Nick know about that. Nick know about that. Absolutely. I want to big up everybody in the chat real quick. Jail, big up yourself. I see LC Jail, big up, big up. Everybody in the chat right now listening to Cidale right now, hearing the story of the come up and everything. Yo, let us know where you are at that show. Do you all love Pandemonium? Let us know. So yes, Cidale, so mm. Pandemonium, that was a tune with you and Wildfire. I saw, this, right. this, I saw the, the, uh, the fan video on YouTube, but I got to say, that is a mean tune. Like, yeah. every time I hear that song, it's like, it's like a whole other spirit hits me, right? Like, what was, what was the process like making that tune? What was, like, you know, the studio session like? What was the energy mm -hmm. like? The whole, how did the whole concept and creativity come into the picture? So, there's the funny thing about that song. I got the beat, and I never really liked it. We were actually, myself and Wildfire, working on another song, and we were already demoing that song and everything, and then... For some reason, Fire was like, yo, let me work on this tune. And I went to check him. He was humming the, the hook to me. Um, at first, it was rummed and gone to me cranium. And I'm like, yo, let me not make it just a rum song. Let me make it a song about something that is a little more widespread. We went into the, the studio. And let me tell you, that's the most magical studio session I've ever had. It was magical. We, we write in a song, and as we write in a song, we just record in parts. And next thing you know, maybe two, three hours later, we sitting back and we're like, yo, that is a bad song, right? So this is in New York. Eh? We recorded that song in, in Mount Vernon. Big up um, DJ Cali B. It was at his studio. And we on the train going back to Brooklyn, and we just listening to the song over and over. And I knew this song was special when I went to... I, I, I went home to Brooklyn and I let my American friends listen to it. Now, these fellas that not into no soca is hardcore hip-hop they listening to. And I let them listen to it and like, yo, son, that's on fire, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so when, he, when they said that, I'm like, okay. 
we released the song, we put it out, and then it just it just took off. It took off. And and I, I think I could safely say it's been six years since the song has been released. I could safely say it's a Lucian classic. And when I perform it, it's just like I'm performing it for the first time. I still get the, the vibes and thing. So, you know, that song, I always tell people that song changed my life. That's incredible, man. Yeah, I love hearing stories like that, especially to hear the energies that was going on and to know that, you know, you were there and just boom, from the beginning, you just, you just had that feeling like, yeah, this tune right here, this, this is going to be a hit. Not only going to be a hit, but it's a classic for time right. to come. And I think that's really important, right? Because I feel like music is never really made just to die, right? It's always meant to live on in, in some shape or form, you know? And that's, I think mm -hmm. that's what artists want in all their music. So amazing, amazing. Again, big up to everybody in the chat right now. We have, we have yeah, people man. in here. Big saying, up Army Guy. Yes, Army Guy. St stick on you. Stick on you. One of my favorite tracks. Yes, I feel you on that. Yes. Big up Ajay. That's my cousin, Mel underscore Aston. Ah, nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. I see a lot of people in here right now, man. They, they love it. Stick on you, man. Stick on you will be my wedding song. Sidil, you got to give us a little bit of info on that. Let the, let the fans know what was your story with Stuck on You. And also, by the way, everybody in the chat, you should see a little question box icon next to the comment bar. You can also ask Sidil some questions there as well. Yeah, I'll I be wanna, more than happy to bring it up. Questions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So stick on you. What's the story behind that? Yeah. Oh, big up Anna too. I see her in the chat. Um, stick on you. That song I always say came from God directly to me. So usually there's this beach in St. Lucia that I go to write my music. Um, I usually go maybe like one, two in the morning and just vibes out by myself on the beach. And I remember when I was playing the instrumental. I usually freestyle. I don't really sit down and write. I freestyle. I play the instrumental and I just freestyle the whole song. I literally, and usually when I freestyle, some parts may be good and some parts maybe, you know, they need work. I freestyle the whole song, like top to bottom, whole song. So when I did that, I, I recorded it on my phone. I took it to the studio the next day. We did a demo of the song and then we started building the song from there. And I worked with two young musicians, Rashad Joseph, who plays the sax. And um, I worked with Dwight Florin. Dwight is actually a band member of Morgan Heritage. He, he plays in the band now. Um, and that's before all of that. Eh? So I kind of took a chance on them because at that point, people didn't really know them yet. But a friend of mine was telling me like, yo, you need to work with them men. They're men really good. So I did that. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Like they said, we did. And we did a very, the visuals. I think the visuals is what really sold the song. The visuals were done by Logo. And Logo has been one of the premier videographers in the Caribbean scene. And yes, absolutely. Big up yourself, Logo. Yeah, big up Logo. When I played the song for Logo, so this here's the thing about Logo. You play the song for Logo, Logo sit down, and he comes up with the whole treatment for the video, whole concept. And he says, okay, this is where we're going to shoot this and that. And um, one of the, the places we shot was in the Castries Market. Now, this is a Saturday morning. The market is busy, crazy busy. And we were shooting a scene there, but you have people walking in front of the camera you have people who are just inquisitive. They want to see what's going on. So it was pretty hard controlling the crowd because you needed the crowd to get the vibe, but you needed to control the crowd. And 
we just spontaneously went there. So it's not like we could tell people, yo, stop and people on their business. Yeah. And it was, I was getting like frustrated and Logo was like, yo, nah, we had to finish this scene right here. And we stuck it out, did that scene. Another scene we had to do twice. There's a scene where we're on a, a boat going out on the water. And if you know me, I can't swim. And I real scared of the, the, the ocean. Eh? I scared. So me being on a little boat, going out to shoot scenes in the water was a challenge for me. So we did that, shot the, the, the scenes on the water. And when we got back to the shore, we're looking over the footage and we realized they didn't put a setting on the drone properly. So the footage came out weird. Brother, I now had to go <laughs> back on this boat a week later. So I had to kind of psych myself up again to go on the boat, go back on the water, shoot them scenes all over again, and then put the, the video out. But everything worked out well in the end. And um, I, I believe that probably is one of my best music videos. Absolutely, yeah. I love Logo's mm. work, man. Like, you know, as, as myself, as a visual artist, like, I've been following him for years. And it's, mm. it's amazing to see how his stuff is always on point, stuck on music videos, also one of my favorites as well. You know, it's, it's really funny you say that you have, like, a, a fear of boats because one of your other songs, that's one of my favorites, Boat Ride. Boat Ride. I was like, <laughs> I was like yo... I figured if Studio making one of my favorite songs about a boat ride, this man must mm. love boats, boat rides, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Papa, let me tell you, eh, I only started going to boat rides maybe three to four years ago. Yeah. And prior, before that, I was very scared of boat rides. I don't like the, the whole idea of just being out in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> people drunk and thing. But I got used to it a little more. And also, I have a boat ride that I host in St. Lucia as well. So people always tell me, how are you afraid of boat rides and you have a big boat ride in St. Lucia? That's hilarious, man. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm really surprised to hear that. But I don't know. I look at it this way. I guess, I guess these songs and you choose make me a conquer this fear now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have to give you and Jell love for um, showing that tune love. I have. Because anytime, brother, anytime. When nobody was playing it, the two of y'all, y'all take that and you're, you're, yo, this is the tune, that tune, bad. And I, I, always, I always respect that because, you know, sometimes people have to other people play before they play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then you all just roll with it. Nah, absolutely. Anytime, bro. It's still, still one of my favorite tunes. Um, I'm going to mm. see. I see we have a, a question here from um, LC Bella Fonte. Let me bring it up for you. Okay, that is vibrating. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. Elements of your music taps into dancehall, jazz, and reggae. Do you want to be known as a soca artist? Or let me see if there's any more question. Do you yeah, want to be known as a soca artist or is that too restrictive? That's a very, very good question. Um, and I've been having these types of discussions with other artists. Um, I was having that discussion with Shemi J, actually. Big up Shemi. Yeah, big up Shemi, always. I think, this is what I think. I feel like I could express myself musically in a multitude of ways. Sometimes the expression that I want to, to convey is best done through soca music. Other times it might be a different genre. Now, I understand why people would classify me as a soca artist because that's what I mainly do. However, I do feel like 
I can do other genres. And that's something I'm going to be showcasing a little more moving forward, especially now that I feel like we don't have a carnival. We didn't have a carnival this year, so we had to kind of switch it up a bit. Um, so if I have to say long term, I think I more want to be, I want people to know that I'm a soccer artist and I could do that very well. But I, I want people to look at me as an artist. Like, I could do a multitude of things. I have songs that, that are influenced by different genres. I've done dancehall songs. I have a reggae track coming out. Even Celebrate, which we're going to talk about. Yes. I think Celebrate... Shemi and I were having a conversation about Celebrate, and we're like, yo, Celebrate is, is an R&B song, in a sense. You feel me? It's just that because I'm a soca artist and my style of singing on it, you wouldn't really think R&B right away. Now, obviously, it has elements of soca and, and even Afro in it, but it has that kind of groove. And even the, the subject matter of the song, it's something that you would hear in an R&B song. We celebrate in love. You understand? So I feel like I'm versatile enough to do that kind of, kind of thing as an artist. And I'm... I want to show people that even more. I'm working on an EP and I'm working on an album. And when these projects come out, I want people to see and have an open mind. I feel that's the other thing. Right. People need to have an open mind and understand that, hey, these guys aren't just soca artists. Because a lot of the artists I interact with, a lot of them could do different types of music. But a lot of them also are, are a bit reluctant because they don't feel like it would be well received because everybody's so used to them singing just soca. But I think you have to kind of come, you have to get over that fear and just put it out and let, let the music do its it thing. No, absolutely. That's really well said, man. And yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's always um, a question I always have and I love to hear every, every artist's response on, you know, the mm -hmm. question of does Soka really let you as, as an artist express yourself fully, right? And I know people have expectations of what Soka should or should not sound like, right? Right, and, right. And I know that's slowly changing. You know, people, right. artists and, and, and young artists especially are really pushing the boundaries of mm -hmm. what Soka is. And it's, it's almost at a point where you can't really define what a Soka what? is anymore, yeah. right? Like that you know, line is getting more and crazy? more great. You know what's crazy, Rich? I released a song called Brock It Up a couple of years ago. There's a censored version and there's an uncensored version. The uncensored version actually have me using the F word, eh? Yeah. And I remember when I released that song, I saw some comments on YouTube and somebody said, yo, you're bringing that American hip-hop thing in our soca and thing, thing, thing. So I was like, what? That's what the person thinking. Like, I was just trying to do something different, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward years later, I think, cool, we're have a song with the F yeah, word yeah, yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lyric, I don't give a rass or whatever he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I start see Vaughn just released one of the big mood rhythm. No Fs to give. You understand? So now I start seeing artists doing it more. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it was just the wrong place and time for me. Right. Yeah. So but but now it's getting a little more accepted by by the masses. Absolutely. And I think there's, there's a number of tunes out there and, and so many artists can relate to that where you release a tune that is sometimes before it's time, right? Right, and right. that doesn't mean that it's quote-unquote a bad song or it's, it's, it's not this or it's not that. It's just 
are the masses ready to accept it? Ready, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think now more than ever, we're really at a time in Soka where you can push the boundaries of it. Yes, you're still going to get that pushback. Yes, you're still going to get, but oh boy, what, what is this? This, this boy, doesn't sound like this. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're still going to get that. But I think now more than ever, you're at a time where you can really celebrate your creativity, right? So with yeah. that being said, let me go right into there. it. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, um, tell us all about it, but I listened to it a number of times. Mm. I really, really like it. Tell us about each tune, Celebrates. I, I, written by yourself and Shemi, correct? Well, Shemi actually brought the idea to me. He was the nice. one who... who um, we work a lot. We work, we work on a, a number of tunes together throughout the years. And... Every every so often he would come to me like, yo, Goon, that's what we call each other, Goon. So Goon, I have a song there. I feel that sounding like you. And he played it for me and I say, Yo, I like it. It's a little different from what I from what I normally do, but I like it. Let me put it down. And we went ahead, did that, and we were in a, the process of shooting a video with logo for it. And then the whole pandemic hit, so we put a pause on that. And I was actually going to hold a song back until next year. And he was like, yo, just put this song out, you know, do a nice little lyric video, put it out. And we did that. And so far, the song is getting a good response from, from everyone. And I feel like, again, it's just me showing a different side of me. The song is, of course, talking about love, which we do need in, in, in today's world. And I feel like it's a song... Like my, my brethren, Amiga, you see, Amiga, you see, stick on you how to play at his wedding. I feel like a song like that could play at a wedding too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, that's vibes, man. So what, what was the, the inspiration for creating this type of tune, right? Because it's like, like, yes, you say it's kind of an R&B tune or it has that element. You know, a lot of times right now, um, we still have people making fet type music. What was the right. inspiration behind this to go for more of that? that sensual relationship type vibe. Right. Well, I think love is something that is easily related, related to. Anybody can relate to love. So I, um, I think that that's the direction. And I think it's very... It's a, it's a song that's very relatable, especially for women. And you know what they say already, Rich, you got to sing for the girl there. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? So that's the direction we will go in. And um, I feel like a lot of these songs, these types of songs are needed. We could do the fet thing, but now we ain't really fetting as much. So it's time to, to release music that, you know, coincides with what's going on in the world today. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And again, I, I think, like you said, you're using a genre of music that you really love to really express yourself, right? Because at the mm. end of the day... You are an artist, right? And I feel like everything that any artist creates, whether it be visual or, or vocal or writing, like everything is about expression, right? Can you express right. yourself as an artist? So when I hear that tune, I really, really feel that vibe and everything on it. Um, what, was, what was the studio vibe like? What was, what, who, um, what was the production like and stuff? Well, it was produced by a young producer in Sinusha called Jay Swain. Nice. Um, he also produced Pretty and Purpose for Shemi and um, Starter Fire as well. So uh, he's been, tunes. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been doing his thing for a, a little while, and um, I hit I hit him up to to do the production on this song. 
he had the beat done in like 15 minutes. He had that done already. And then um, we went by Ransom to record it. He also mixed and mastered the song. And that's why I do most of my recording by, by um, Ransom. And Ransom, again, is another producer, engineer, who um, is doing a lot of good work in St. Lucia. I see Jell asking, is there a Man sample in there? Jell, yes, there is. Don't tell <laughs> Beanie Man that, though. <laughs> Leave it to Jell to pick up on that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's vibes, man. That's, that's incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, streaming on all platforms? Just on yes. YouTube right now? Yes, streaming on it's... everything? It's on everything. YouTube, Tidal. Um, it's on TikTok as well. Nice. Apple Music. Every major streaming platform is there. So, nice, y'all, nice, nice. go and stream that. Don't go and rip this song off of YouTube. I'm a guy. Don't rip this song off of YouTube. <laughs> stream this song. Give your partner 0.006 cents <laughs> per stream. Yeah, man. Absolutely, man. No, it's good to hear that because, um, you know, that, that's a conversation I think it's really important to have about marketing right now, right? How, mm -hmm. how are artists marketing their music? Um, mm -hmm. For you, you know, what are your thoughts on like utilizing like all these streaming platforms, right? Because I know mm -hmm. some, some artists are reluctant. Some will be like, well, you know, Dan, all my listeners just go on YouTube or Julian's promo. Right. I, right. I don't want to go and look into all them things and complicate. But then other artists are like, yo, let me use everything. Well, what are your thoughts and how have your findings been on that? Well, I think the more available the song is, the better for the artist. Um, a lot of people, especially people based in the U.S., they, as soon as the song comes out, the first thing they ask you, yo, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music. And when you tell them no, it's like, why not there? Because I feel like the, the culture of listening to music in the Caribbean versus the U.S. is different. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. In the Caribbean, we will go on YouTube, maybe SoundCloud, or even expect an email of the song in your inbox. Whereas in the States, people tend to use the streaming um, platforms more, more often. So we have to ensure that we are reaching everybody. Now, one of the, the, the challenges we've had is emailing the songs to people and then wanting them to go stream it. Because they already have it for free. So it's hard to, to get them to stream it sometimes because they already have it for free. And the reason people do give out the songs for free is because, of course, they want as many people to have the song. Right. Yeah. But sometimes we have to, you know, strike a balance. What I try to do, I try to email only DJs. Yeah. The song. So I try to email, send the email to only DJs. And then make it available to everybody on YouTube, SoundCloud, and whatnot. And then, of course, on my Instagram as well. Awesome, yeah. And I think that's a really, really smart move because it gives you the option to monetize on things, you know. Right. And um, as well as that, you, you kind of meet the best of both worlds where, like, you know, everybody is consuming content more than ever on their phones. So people have the tune on all types of platforms, but then the DJs will be the ones to really let it run in a fet right, or any, right, something exactly. like that. Put it on a live stream, you know, in the case of exactly. the situation we're in right now, you know? But mm. that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear your, um, your, your take on that because that's something that I think is, is really important now uh, more than ever. Um, so I, I check in the comments. I want to big up everybody again. Army guy, mm. big up yourself. Jell as always. Mel, everybody right now. I see people also talking about Neighbor. I know that right. is a super, super popular tune. Um, came out back in 2015, 
15. 15, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember because 15 was my first time ever visiting uh, Trinidad, ever. Mm. Um, and I remember being there and like, you know, obviously I was in Nintendo Marshall tunes and you catch tunes and stuff like that. But I remember seeing and listening to Neighbor and this song just being stuck in my head mm-hmm. for the whole trip, you know. This, this was before I was into Soka or anything like that. So I was like, CDL, you know, I, I, I didn't know, only to know five years later, I'll be right here talking to you about the right, same right. tune. So <laughs> tell, me, tell me about everything about that tune, bro. Take us back to the thought process, right. um, you know, because people love that tune. People love the hooks. It, it's, so, it's such an infectious tune. Like, right. tell us all about it. So that song, I again, I always say the idea just came from God straight into my brain. <laughs> I, I was in New York. I literally was at my computer. I stood up to go towards the door and the hook just hit me. I dare with me neighbor, neighbor, I dare with neighbor, just hit me, right? I still wasn't convinced it was a strong enough song. I went to St. Lucia. We were in the studio. I was by Vice Productions, bigger Vice Productions. Um... We're in the studio, just vibes in a bunch of us. And I start singing the hook. And everybody just stop and look at me like, yo, that bad. And I'm like, what? That bad? They're like, yeah, that bad. Let me work on that. Let me develop the idea. And we sat. It was like a group of us, maybe like three, four of us, just vibing the instrumental. And then we came up with the song. I recorded it. And the interesting thing about that song and that time frame this is the year after pandemonium so i don't want to be considered a one-hit wonder right so the pressure is on me now to deliver another good song neighbor comes out i did not i like the song but if you have to ask me why i rate it you know amongst my other songs i don't know if i'd have rated that high but i remember I put that song out on Facebook and the amount of shares that got in such a short space of time, people were like loving the song and I was shocked. I was like genuinely shocked that people liked it so much. And the song went on to be one of the most popular songs for that carnival season. And what did it help do for me as an artist I think now it said, okay, C. Dale has arrived as, you know, one of the artists to look out for in St. Lucia. And I was happy about that because I think one of the things you don't want to be labeled is a, a wanted wonder. You understand? And um, I went all the way to, to Soka Monarch with that one. And I came second. I lost by like four points. Oh, wow. Yeah. That one itself is another interesting story. Yeah. Because... In 2015, I also started my own show, Transcend, right? Transcend was the day before Soka Monarch. It being my first time doing a concert, I, I wasn't sure about how, you know, to go about doing that. So we ran into a lot of challenges, and my focus was solely on ensuring that Transcend was a good show. We brought down Lyrical and, and um, International Steven for, for that show, and... You know, there's so many moving parts in having a concert. So we wanted to, to ensure that the show was done properly and of a high standard. But what happened is my Soka Monarch preparation suffered. So I'm done with trance and I'm tired. I, I mash up. If anybody know about doing events, you know how events could be grueling. Yep. So 
I mash up. And then everybody's like, yo, you know Yasoka Amona later tonight, right? I'm like, oh, snap, let me go home, sleep, and try and, you know, get prepared. When I get home, I realize I promised two promoters I would pass through their breakfast feds. So I couldn't sleep. So I hopped to one breakfast fed. My voice is done by this time because I perform in whole weekend and preparing for the event. So my voice done. To the point where my manager at the time was like, yo, when you go on stage, don't even, don't even actually sing. Just lip sync the whole thing. And if I see you singing, I'm pulling you off the stage. And he literally went in front of the stage and just watching me. Just say, <laughs> hey, if I was actually singing. So we, we do these two fets. Then now, I, I, I got something to eat. I had to shoot my intro video for, for Monarch. Went to do that with my friends. Um, by this time, it's like 5 in the afternoon. So come Monarch starting at 7 o'clock. I thought I was going to have time to go home to sleep. That didn't happen. My dancers don't know the routine. I'm backstage. I have no voice. When I say I have no voice, I could not even speak. My voice was gone. So everybody's backstage and they're frantic because they're like, yo, if he can't, if he can't talk, how is he going to sing? Mm. So everybody's backstage worried. Yo, my cousin's there. My cousin's crying. They're like, oh, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. He's going to come last. <laughs> Because I really just couldn't, I couldn't talk. I had no voice. Then Wildfire was on, pulled me on the side. He's like, bro, don't study all in madness. When you get on that stage and the adrenaline kicks in, you go sing, right? I get on the stage. The adrenaline, it did kick in. I was singing. I wasn't sounding good, <laughs> but I was singing. And, you know, I did my thing. And when it was all said and done, a lot of people thought I had won that night. Like, after I was, I was done performing, I walking around the stadium, and everybody's like, yo, you win, you win. But it might be close between you and Alpha, but I think you win, you win. So I'm like, okay, maybe I win. So we waiting for the results. In third place. Da -da 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 -da. In second place. So now everybody know whoever comes second. If I come second, Alpha wins. If Alpha comes second, then I win. In second place, I dare with me never. Yo, the stadium just go vex. The stadium go vex like, what? And I walked up on the stage, take my trophy and thing, congratulated Arthur. And I thought Arthur deserved to win because he was better prepared. I wasn't prepared. So I can't come and say like, yo, nah, I should have win, I should have win. Nah, I know I didn't give it my all because I was distracted with, with Transcend. And we always have these discussions, my team and I, they're like, yo, you know you give away a monarch there. And I'm like, boy, I guess so. But for me, when I think of my longevity and my legacy as an artist, mm -hmm. I rather have a long-standing show that is mine rather than be a Soka Monarch winner. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I don't want to win a monarch. I do. But I feel like it was more important to my career to ensure that my show got off the ground and it got off the ground in a good way and people look forward to it. And so said, so done. The show now is one of the staple events for, for Carnival and, and we have it every, the Tuesday before Carnival. So, you know, foreigners coming in, people liking it. And then from Transcend, we went to do the boat ride, J-O-B. So for me, it was 
it was about opening and exploring another element, another aspect of, of being an artist and now being a promoter. You understand? So I'm happy I made that move. And so far, it's, it's, it's been going good. Wow, man. Yo, Sudeel, you were just <laughs> full of incredibly amazing stories, brother. Wow. Like, <laughs> that is an experience unlike no other. DJ Can't Sing, big up yourself, saying wildfire advice, be the best. Yeah, big up. <laughs> DJ Can't Sing. Everybody else in here, yeah, army guy saying God really taking care of you for all the tunes you're getting straight from God. <laughs> no, brother, that's, that's incredible. And I know I'd like to, to hear your take on that, especially, you know, Transcend versus Soka Monarch, right? And I think that's something that a lot of young artists especially are juggling or are thinking about right now, like the validation that you get from yourself and from your own show versus validation from like a competition right? right and i think we're seeing that that trend a lot more now where you see a lot of artists working hard to build their fan base build their following right. really give the most of their fans and and show an event you know their own events where they can cater specifically to that right where i think in the past it was really much more i gotta compete i gotta win i gotta compete and a little bit more competition based in, in the monarch and stuff right. like that so right you correct that's incredible man that's mm. that's incredible to hear um Many hit songs, Neighbor has one. I know you have another great song as well with uh, Pretty, right? So right. can you tell us about that one as well? Okay, I have two songs with Pretty. Yeah. So you want to know about both of them? Yes. All right. So the first one was Land I Love. Land I Love, yeah. And that one, I end up meeting up. Let me tell you how I meet Pretty, first of all. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I met Pretty at Miami Carnival at Shine. It was Rise and Shine, yeah. I was performing. I came off stage, and he came up to me. You know, like when a fan come up to an artist. <laughs> <laughs> My boss come up to me, like, "Yo, yo, I really like that song, Dan. I know it's you that singing that, my boy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, brother. I know about you too." Ding, 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 ding. You know, we chop it up or whatnot. He had an event in Miami. I think on a Monday. We went to the event, and we just connected. And he's like, yo, we had a work, we had a work. Now, artists always say that. Artists meet each other anywhere. Yeah, boy, we had to do a song together. Da, da. It never happens. But we kept in contact. And then he came to New York, and he was like, yo, I have some demos there. He played a bunch of them, and I heard the land I love one. I said, dog, that is the song. Let's work on that one. And I think he went to Trinidad, came back to New York, we recorded the song. We released the song for Senusha Carnival, I think that was 2016. And 16 or 17. And the song started picking up. And we're like, yo, let me do a video for the song. This is after Carnival. Eh? So Carnival done, we're like, yo, let me do a video. Of course, link up logo. Pretty came to Senusha. I think that was his first time. Yeah. Yeah, it was his first time in St. Lucia. We shot the video. Um, that video was, it was fun to shoot. It was fun. I think that's like the most fun I've had on a, on a video set. Yeah. And the thing about Pretty is Pretty is full of energy. Yeah, and plenty. He's, he's a big joker. Like, he's always talking nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we always laughing and kicks in and thing. And just for me, 
just being able to work with an artist like him, I, I think that was a, a, a big move for me. And when we put the song out, saying Nusha loved it, Trinidad loved it, and we were like, yo, a year passed, we are like, yo, we had to do another one. So he, he was sending me, he was telling me about a producer in Trinidad called Twin Island. And Island, Twin, yeah. Twin Island had, had the rhythm, and he's like, yo, we had to jump on this. So I'm like, you have any ideas for it? Yo, this man just sit on his phone, freestyling different concepts and just sending me voice notes. So we going through the voice notes, myself and Wildfire, and again, we have to choose which one we like the most. I'm like, yo, this is the one. Boom. Put the song together, record my part, put the song together, and then again, we're like, yo, we have to put the visual out there. The song took another life of its own when we put the video out. And Logo has a... For that video in particular, Logo was like, yo, I don't want this to look like a soca video. I want this to look like a hip-hop kind of video. That's a vibe I want from you. And we did that, put it out. It was well-received. Again, I, I still feel like to this day, that song is one of the songs that, especially the, the girls love that song. They love it. And... um we supposed to be working on some other stuff to put nice. out. Yeah. And and he I see just saying that Pretty's adopted Lucian and that is definitely true. To the point where he started coming to say Lucian for Carnival all the time. And not only the people embraced him, but you have other artists, you have other people in the industry, you know, embracing him. So much so that he even did a song dedicated to St. Lucia called Peter, yeah. Peter Mountains. Peter Mountains, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I like to say that I, I just bring my Lucia and get them their Lucian passport. So first was wildfire. <laughs> now it's pretty. So pretty good in, in Lucia. That's incredible, man. Yeah, I'm, I love hearing that story about that collaboration. Mm -hmm. And um, it's good to hear that we might have some more mm -hmm. stuff to expect as well. I think I saw a question here. I'm going to bring it up because um, it has to do with collab from Mel. Mel asks, if you could collab with any American artist, who would it be? Who would it be? All right. So I'm a big J. Cole fan. Nice. Like, if I could do a song with J. Cole, I good. I good, 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 good. <laughs> I, and I'm a big, big hip-hop fan, right? So when it comes to hip-hop and who I think you know, is excelling in it. Cole comes to mind. Um, I'll even go a step further now as far as Caribbean artists who I want to work with. Um, Problem Child. Big Problem Child fan. And I've been following Problem for years. Before people know Problem. You know, let me, let me test you. You know this Problem song with Skinny Fabulous called Bring Drinks? That was one of the long, 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 long time long ago. Time yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, long time ago. Yeah. yeah, that's when I feel like I really started listening to both of them. I'm a big skinny fan, big problem fan. Yeah. And I remember when he sang that song, I was like, "Yo, them man, man, who's them men?" And I started following their careers. I ended up meeting Skinny. Me and Skinny actually have a song together. That is a song from. Long ago. I even like how I sound on that song. I, I was just kind of coming into my own voice. But me and him had a song, and he, Skinny, is like one of my idols in, in the business. And it was, I had Skinny in the studio with me, and I just watching Diamond like, dog, that is Skinny fabulous in the studio. 
doing a song with me. Mm-hmm. So he's a man too, you know, I always just hail up when I see him. Problem for me, this is what I love about the problem story. And I always tell him how happy I am that he is getting all the ratings right now. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was a point in time where people were doubting him. Mm-hmm. Right? People used to overlook him. And he never gave up. Just keep putting out tunes. Put, putting out tunes. Eventually, he got to the point where now he's writing the biggest tunes and he's singing the biggest tunes. And now he's revered as one of the premier artists. And every time, like, it could just be a snap he puts up of him performing somewhere. And I tell him, dog, I will just DM him, dog, you don't even know how happy I am for you, dog. I just love seeing that. One time we were on a show together in New York, Labor Day weekend. It was one of Ninja Fet um, events. And he was there. I was like, your problem, I could get a picture with you. And he's like, yo, why are you, why are you talking to me like, like you're a fan? Like, and he, he hit my partner and he's like, yo, why are you, why, why is he still asking for a picture? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm like, dog, it's just, it's just the amount of respect and admiration I have for him that I, I just had to come correct. You understand? Yeah. So he's another artist I definitely want to work with. I love Nyla. I love, 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 love Nyla. Love Nyla. I feel like Nyla is, is like the biggest thing to me. I love her creativity. I love it. Um, Grenada, Slatter, that is my boy. Slatter, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Slatter is my boy. We, we have a song together as well. And we working, we've been talking about doing something else. That is my boy. Um, Grenada has so, such great artists. I actually have a song with Dash. And muddy. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And that song sitting down there for like, it has to be two or three years. That song, a real bad song. Yeah. Sitting down there. And I, I even know why we put it out yet. But yeah, that's if they remember that song. But Dash, bad. When Dash was in the studio with us and he was singing like right in front of us and freestyling, I'm like, dog, who is this man? Bad. Terror, terror kid. Another bridge in our mind. Would love to do a song with Terra. And he's another artist too who I met. actually met Terra in New York. And we're in studio together and thing, vibes in and thing. And when I see Terra get that big tune now, I'm like, boy, I'm real happy for Terra. Because that is when I see, you know, hustling. Grinding, and, yeah. And the grinding Working. and thing. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, boy. There's so many artists. That you know, I would love to work with Barbados Lil Rick. I'm a big Lil Rick fan. Mm-hmm. Rick, people like Lil Rick got me into soca music. Mm-hmm. Alison Hines as well got me into soca music. And Alison, Alison and Edwin Yearwood, when I was young, there was a, a event in New York called Bijan Soca Splash, I believe. I was young and I somehow made my way backstage. And I in the room with Al, with no, I was in the room with Edwin Yearwood. And the boss look at me and the boss tell me, Yeah, yeah, come, drink something. The man I know him from nowhere. And he was he was just so pleasant. When I met Alison Hines, so pleasant. So me liking their music and loving their music and meeting them and they were so pleasant. I'm like, yo, like for me, I'm a fan for life. 
And she she probably don't even know me. Edwin probably don't know me either. But them little interactions stuck with me for a long time. So I always give kudos to her. A lot of people always ask me, how how is it that a female soca artist inspired you to sing soca? And I'm like, it's not even about gender. To me, it's just what she put out. And I think she's she's a legend. Yeah. Like I feel like Edwin and Allison, Rick. Um, of course, you have Marshall Bungie. I feel they are legends, but I feel like Rick Allison and Edwin sometimes we don't we don't give them the flowers while they're alive. You understand? And I look at them as legends. These people have put soca on the map for years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many people can can see yo. We they've listening to Allison since growing up. Sometimes right. they listen into a soca song over and over. They don't even know it was Allison, but right. it's a tune they know from since small. So. Yeah, definitely big up to Alison Hines. She's a queen in the industry for sure, for sure, for sure. Mm. That is incredible, brother. We have about five, six minutes. I do have a little bit more info. How are you doing on time? In case we get cut off, do you have time to come back on? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're there. We've okay. exited my G. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome, man. One of the things I want to get into real quick is the um, as uh, the Denry segment, right? So I know you had a tune mm. on the Fuego Rhythm in yeah. the van. I was actually just telling Jell before the interview, I was like, yo, when this rhythm dropped... I know everybody loves shots and everything, but yo, Indie Band was actually my favorite tune on the rhythm. Mm. I don't really, I can't say why. I, to me, is like, because it's like a raw sounding rhythm and you right. have a voice that's, that's full of so much bass and it's such right. a unique voice. Like, I could, I could hear CDL voice and just know yo, that is CDL. It's a very mm. unique, unique voice to bring. And I, I don't know, something about the harmony of it, they really go together. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on on denry segment right is it mm. something that um you see yourself doing like a lot of it is something that you just kind of enjoy listening to but you rather push or, or or get on a different type of sound um things like that like where do you kind of see it going like what's your take on denry segment in general right i think um denry segment is our sound the senusian yeah. sound that when you hate you know okay that is senusia um Wait, how much time we have left, Rich? Because you know we I like have about we have we have about I want to say until seven thirty-two. So let, let's let's say about five minutes. Five I, minutes I'm okay. gonna give you I'm gonna give you a heads up when we All right, restart. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no worries. Right. So it's it's the indigenous sound of Saint Lucia, and at first when it came around, a lot of people were fighting it because you know when it when something new comes and it's a change, sometimes people are reluctant to accept it, but eventually it grew, it developed. People like Moto did a very good job of, of helping the genre build itself. Um, and then you have Black Boy, Chester, yeah. um, Freezy. Mm -hmm. I think this, the Denry segment is something that has done a lot of good things for St. Lucia. People got to know St. Lucia and our carnival and culture through, that, through the Denry segment. Um, for me, I'm not what you call a Denry segment artist, but I have jumped on Denry segment beats and brought my own style to it. So in the band is one of, one of the examples. In the band for me was something that was supposed to be still carnival oriented, but, but I kind of articulated it differently, not, not in the generic way. So, and I think, to be honest, I think it went over some people's heads. Because I was talking to an older individual and he told me, yo, that Batman song you sing there, you know, I, I didn't really relate to it because it's like a Batman song. And I say, yo, it's not a Batman song. 
I say, don't play with man. Man pull up like 10 bad men in the band. And when I said that, it was more of a, the swagger and the confidence we pulling up in the band with. But it's not like I come in with 10 bad men. And I, if you listen to the lyrics, it says I pull up with 10 hot gal too. I say, yeah. carnival day, we there behind the truck. Gal sweet like 10 lollipop. Bumper cocking up. Gal take it up high, then drop. Me head bad, 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 bad. bad. Okay, all these... All these these lyrics talking about the, the, the setting of the band on the road. But I think it did go over some people's head and um that's okay. I personally and, and I don't even do this all the time, I feel like it's like one of the baddest songs on the rhythm and I think it nah, was, the, yeah, it was the flow yeah. the flow is incredible. And yeah. I, I think the, the visuals really coincide with that, how everything was just shot in right, one take. Right. Just right. that, that seamless flow and how right. everything, just how the dancers just popped into the shot and just... And I came up with that idea too, you know. Oh, no, that concept came, was sick. <laughs> yeah, I came up with that idea and I, and I pitched it to the videographer and I'm like, yo, how can we make this happen? And it literally was, was a one-take shot. One take, yeah. Yeah, in one little area. But I think that... Um, I think the song was overlooked. Mm. I honestly feel like it could have been bigger than what, what it was. And I felt like at one point it was going to get there. Like around Labor Day time, I felt like it was playing. I was hearing it. Then out of nowhere, Miami come. I didn't hear it once. Mm -hmm. Right? So I was like, what? What really going on? I, I didn't understand why, why that happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it's crazy to me because it's like, I know a lot of people who love the tune, you know? Mm. Obviously, people will be like, yeah, you know, they, they listen to the whole rhythm and stuff. But I, whenever I ask people, I'm like, yeah, what songs do you really love? And they're like, yo, we really love shots. And this other one in the band, just some, and everybody says the same thing, the flow. flow right, is on. right, it's, right. It's something they just haven't really heard before. Right. So, uh, not shots. I meant to say Man With Ride on the Fuego rhythm. Ride. I can confuse oh, yeah. the two songs. Sometimes it happens with all the tunes now. <laughs> but yeah, brother, we was talking about... Um, indie bands, indie band, indie band, flow and right. everything. Big up to everybody in the chat right now coming back to join us. Remember, this is Let's Talk Soka, the DSA takeover on the Live Love Soka page. We are here with Sidel, oh. one of the baddest, baddest, baddest artists in general. Amazing Soka music coming from him. Amazing, amazing stuff. Amazing stories. We're enjoying all the experiences and the sessions and the vibes that you are bringing to us right now, Sidel. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. So, yeah, so I know um, Denry segment, right? It's mm -hmm. like, I think you make a really good point when you said, yo, Denry segment really played a huge role in, in letting people know what St. Lucia is, right? And mm -hmm. I know visiting back in 2018, that was the first time I ever visited Lucia, right. um, especially for carnival time. And it was like, bro, I remember just being there and I'm like, if there was any other place in the Caribbean that I could move to, like, to go from New York to the Caribbean, Lucia is actually my first choice. Just mm. from the three days I spent there. That was all Lu I needed. Lucia is vibes, dog. Lucia is vibes. And um, I think more and more people are seeing how, how great our carnival is, how beautiful the country is. Let me tell you how, how dread it was this year. Typically, Fed tickets come out maybe closer to Carnival, May. Dog, tickets are coming out in January, February, yeah. and they were selling out. And you had 
more people without tickets than people who had tickets for events. Because a lot of people were coming to St. Lucia for Carnival. A lot of people looking up, looking forward to it. Big up my brother Scrooge there. Big yeah, up big up G. yourself, Scrooge, representing mm. the VI. D, big up, big up. Big up all illusions on the live, for real, for real. Yeah, but St. Lucia Carnival was... Let me tell you, rich people get vexed with me, you know. <laughs> because when tickets for the boat ride came out, it literally sold out in two minutes. And I was, I was shocked myself. So people hitting me up like, yo, how I get no ticket? Da, 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 da. And I was saying, yo, it's not me. It's not my fault. The boat only holds but so many people. And the, the demand was just so great. I even, a part of me feels like I don't even know if we were fully prepared to handle the influx of people that were coming to St. Lucia this year. Like everybody I talked to as well, like even when I was at uh, Trinidad Carnival this year, when I spoke to a lot of people, I'm like, yo, you guys have any other carnivals and stuff you're going to? Everybody, bro. Lucia, 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 Lucia. And I think mm. it's a force that has just been building and building and building year after year. Um, and I mean, I, I saw it first time while I was there in 2018, but I feel just even in two years from 2018 to now, the amount right. of people who are just ready to, to go down to Lucia. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do especially with the music, right? And the volume at which Lucian artists have been putting out music and music that mm -hmm. people really like. Absolutely. Also, that's, it's an incredible experience. How would you describe Lucian Carnival or Lucia, Carnival mm -hmm. and Lucia compared to the other carnivals and stuff like that? Like, is there certain things that are just very, very distinct to Lucia? Yeah, I think one of the things that, are, that is distinct is our community carnival. So we have the main carnival, and then we have community carnivals in the other smaller communities. So there's Soufre, there's Denry, there's um, even um, Bellevue, one of my favorite places in St. Lucia, Bellevue, Grosile. All these places have, have their own respective carnivals. And some people would even argue that the community carnivals are better than the national carnival. Wow. I, yeah. I, for one, like, Sufre Carnival, that's my carnival there. When I go Sufre Carnival, I just get good. Um, there's also Bellevue Carnival. Bellevue Carnival is a little smaller. And from what I remember, I think it's relatively new too, but real vibes. Over there, is, there's no pretty mass. You know, it's just people coming out, vibes. And I feel like that's one of our distinct features. I also think that... Um, just the vibes, the environment, the energy that St. Lucians have, I think that it's, it's something that you cannot find anywhere else. Everybody have their, their own way of doing things. And our way, we just have a very carefree way of doing things. You understand? And now the carnival has gotten to a point where it's just fit after fit. From the Monday before, it's just fit right through. And it's something I think our people are now adjusting to because maybe 10 years ago, Carnival, the week leading up to Carnival Monday and Tuesday only had like three major events, three, four major events. But now um, everything has, has, you know, gone up a notch. And it's why people can't even get tickets, band selling out. Yo, I never heard that before. Band selling out. <laughs> Four or five months in advance, dog. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I think, um, like I said, 
a part of me feels like I don't even know if you were really prepared to deal if all these people come in. And mm-hmm. the, the pandemic hit, and you think people want refunds. I mean, some people wanted refunds, but let me ask, let me tell you, Rich, people more asking me, yo, when your tickets going back on sale? Like people wow. eh, studying, yeah. I want my money back. They just want to secure a spot in a band, in a fed to ensure that they're good for next year because it's the anticipation has been crazy. Oh man, that's that's incredible to hear, man. And um, yeah, I mean, I love to hear that, man. I, I've never really quite heard that before about like the community carnivals having having so much of vibes. I think like when we think of a carnival, especially, we just think as everybody comes to the one central place. Right. And they, they have their vibe, right? But it's really cool to hear that local scenes doing their thing and that the vibes is 100% up, you know? And one of the things that I always hear about why people want to go to Lucia Carnival as well, especially if they've been doing Trini Carnival for so long, is that, um, and this comes primarily from like a little bit of like the more mature, maybe a little bit older crowd, is that some of them just feel like carnival in the big carnivals have just become like a little bit too like superficial for their liking. Right. Right. And, right. and they want like a real authentic experience. And like you said, like I know pretty mass and just to right. go in and enjoy the vibes, you know? So it's incredible to hear that, that, that Lucia offers that um, as well as to see the reception of the music and stuff like that. Um, one question I always have for the Lucian artists, right, especially when it comes to Denry segment, right, is like you have the Denry segment that appeals to like more of a global audience. But even while I was there, right, and, and, and listening to the other type of Denry segment, which is like almost sung just entirely in Lucian Creole, and it right. still has a different sound. And the only time I would ever hear it was when like I was in a taxi, taxis playing their own music, and I just hear in tunes on rhythms that I didn't even know existed. Some right. entirely in Lucian Creole. Like, um, do you feel that there is a language barrier that exists that stops the Nary segment from like growing and growing and growing? Or do you just think that it's just two separate scenes, two separate vibes, two separate audiences? You know, like what's, what's your take on it? I've, I've heard that before. Big up my dog, share my cook. Yeah. I've heard that before, um, the language barrier thing. And I don't think that it's as true now as it was before. I, I feel like the music just has a vibe to it that sometimes you may not even understand exactly what it's saying, but the rhythm, the melodies, it moves you. It makes you want to dance. And I think that what is, is, is unique and interesting is people enjoy the music before they understand it. And when they understand the words, they enjoy it even more. So it's almost like a teaching vibe while being entertained. So I think that is distinct. Yeah. I, I don't think it necessarily is a hindrance to the music. Um, but I will say this. I will say that maybe we could balance it a little more. Mm-hmm. English and, and the Creole, just for it to have a wider appeal, especially if you're trying to break into the mainstream um, music industry. Um, those people definitely going to want to understand exactly what you're saying. But again, you have songs, you have examples of songs where people don't understand and they just vibe in a bit. Look at Shakira, um, Waka Waka. Yeah. I know what I mean, <laughs> but the song I vibe. You understand? Even Alison Hines' um, 
follow my ding, ding, ding. Ain't yeah, nobody yeah, know yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> you understand? And it's just the vibe of the song, though. And I think that Denry segment has its place locally, regionally, internationally. I just think the right people need to hear the music. That's, that's the problem. The mm -hmm. right people don't hear the music. So for us to go mainstream, we need to get people who are in that mainstream network and expose them to the music. No, definitely. And you make a lot of good points there. I see a lot of people in the chat saying to Jealousy and, you know, um, I don't understand reggaeton or I might not understand some other genres or Afrobeat. We don't know what they're saying, but we still love the sounds. We still love right, the vibes. Right. You know, same with many other genres. Mademoiselle, big up yourself, saying the same thing. People feel the vibe and still love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, Ami guys said, I don't understand what hip-hop artists think. <laughs> Boy, that is true. Are they talking English here? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man, true. that's too funny. That's too funny, yeah. And I think we see a lot of really good examples, like especially um, we're having balance, right? I think um, Black Boy is an artist that very well balances a little bit of English, but still has that Lucian Creole, and it's still just it's that flow that I think a lot of people Black really. Black Boy is a young legend. Yeah, I, I have I have Black Boy story. I have a Black Boy story. Oh, let me hear this one. Let me hear this one. <laughs> this is before Black Boy was Black Boy. We have a song called Bounce That Out, right? Black, we had made it to the semifinals of Soka Monarch. So this is his first time. He hasn't even really been performing that much yet. Um. We in rehearsals, and I, I kind of have to guide him as to how to control the band and that kind of thing. So, if you know about Black Boy, Black Boy is a, is a free spirit. Black Boy showed up when he wanted. <laughs> Black Boy did what he wanted. Black Boy operated on his own time, right? <laughs> so, we had Soka Monarch semis, and I tell Black Boy, let me say, I tell Black Boy, meet me for six o'clock. I see him, Black Boy. Call him Black Boy. I get him, Black Boy. Eventually, I get him and he's like, yo, I don't have a ride. Yo, black boy living far. I had the venue already. Eh? I had to leave the venue. Go quite babu no to pick up black boy. When I reached there, black boy get a ride. So I essentially came there for nothing. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I even vex. I just want to know black boy have a ride and he's going to make it to the, to the event. So he follow me. We get to the venue. Boom, pack. So we walk into the, the, the venue. Black boy tells me, dog, why do you have so many cars here? Eh? I say, dog, what do you mean why do you have so many cars? So we get closer to the venue. <laughs> Black boy tells me, oi, why do you have so many people here? Eh? I say, dog, what do you mean? That is so come one at semifinals. Black boy look at me and Black boy tell me, boy, I thought we were going to rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> black boy black boy now want to turn around and go home because he find like what he what he wearing not good enough because he dressed for rehearsals he dressed for an actual <laughs> show i say black boy he's a madman you ain't going back home dog we have to perform just <laughs> <laughs> so we on stage we performing and again understand eh? black boy he was he was more or less a rookie in the game them time so you're not really good on stage yet. When I perform in a black boy, all black boy doing, black boy had the mic and black boy just watching me. And I'm like, I on stage and I watching black boy. Then I, I had to snap out of it. I'm like, dog, watch the crowd. 
<laughs> perform for the crowd. You understand? And we we got through to the, the finals, okay. did the finals, and one thing he always tell me, he always tell me like, yo, I respect you because even when you know nobody's really checking for him, I was like advising him on how to do certain things. And from young, I see the boys a legend already. And I can say that comfortably. Anybody in St. Lucia, you tell them about Black Boy, they tell you Black Boy is a young legend. And I think he's one of the artists flying the Denry segment flag high, flying the St. Lucian flag high. And he's done a great, great job, um, you know, just promoting St. Lucian music and putting out quality music. Yes, absolutely, mm. man. Wow, man. Sidil, like I said, full of incredible stories, mm. man. Big up to everybody in the chat who are fans of Black Boy. Army Guy, Black Boy is my artist. Unruly, mm -hmm. Black Boy is my yeah, man. <laughs> Lavinia, big up yourself. Good to see you. Wow, man. Yeah, a study of Black Boy, no t-shirt <laughs> coming from jail. <laughs> Black Boy? Black oh, Boy, man. it. He said, move it, sir. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow, man. No, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, and, it, you know, that's the thing I find with, with Denry's segment too, right? Like, I don't know, maybe because I'm not based in Lucia, so maybe the time when I hear Denry to when Carnival is might be a little bit different, but a lot of people say Soka is a seasonal thing, right? Do you find that that's the case with Denry, or is it something that kind of comes out, you know, just whenever or all year round? Like, what's, what's your take kind of like on the seasonality of um, Soka music coming out from Lucia? I don't think soca is seasonal anymore. I think before you could have said that, but there's a carnival happening almost every month. So there's music that fuels that carnival, which is soca music. And then you have places like Toronto where soca playing right through the year. Even New York too, soca plays right through the year. Um, I feel like we have to kind of get out of that stigma where carnival is, is considered seasonal. From what I understand, in Trinidad, they, they switch back to dancehall as soon as carnival done. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that's, that's, you know, weird with Trinidad being the mecca of soca. But now more than ever, you see artists like Pretty, you have like Ufran who putting out his No Seasons project. Right, right, right. Um, so they recognize... The, the, the younger artists recognize that, hey, we're not going to allow this thing to be seasonal. We're going to put on music throughout the year. And I think with Denry Segment, Denry Segment definitely is not seasonal. Denry Segment songs dropping throughout the year. So much so they put in links on us soca artists because prior to that, we were not releasing music throughout the year. But now we see that they are releasing the music and it's working. People are listening to it. It's playing in parties and whatnot. So we have no excuse. We had to put our music throughout the year. No, absolutely, man. I could just I could see all these soca lovers in the comments right now. They're saying uh, to baby, she's saying in my car and house it plays all through the year. Yeah, man. Everybody in here, I love soca. Everybody else in here saying yes. Lucians will release Denry segment for every carnival around the world. Oh boy, real soca fans in here. <laughs> yeah, man. That's amazing to see that. <laughs> No, absolutely, man. Um, that, that's that's an amazing thing to hear, man. Um, so, is there is there like a, a a clear definition between soca and soca artists and Denry segment artists, or is the line a little blurred, or does it kind of vary from artist to artist? Um, 
That's a good question. I think now they do classify us as one set of individuals being soca artists and the others being Denry segment artists. Um, even this year, I think they were actually going to do a Denry segment monarch rather than have the Denry segment artists in the regular soca monarch. And it's because the, the Denry segment music it's hard to judge them by the same standards as the as the soca music as different as a different vibe so i remember the prime minister saying that he wanted to give them their own competition so the distinction is definitely made between the two genres hey big up subans in the, in yeah, the yeah. There. i was subans. just about to say subans big up yourself <laughs> another one of another amazing amazing artist out of which you might know him from um two touch to clap <laughs> yeah let me tell you eh so, but this is a man that quiet when you boss reach on the stage. I see people doing backflips, and thing, dog. Yes, yeah. You said about the teacher how to do a backflip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember going Try Big Night 2018, right? In, um, in, uh, in, in Lucia. And I'm there and I see, I see Mighty and Subans and them come on stage, man, doing flips off the stage, landing at the right. little pit on the ground and everything off speakers right. and everything. What? Subans, big up yourself, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, no. And you know, you know, see that that's the amazing thing I, I see about um Lucian artists, right? I know you were saying earlier, like in the beginning, like, yeah, when you're starting out, it's tough to reach a Lucian audience. It's a tough crowd. But one thing that I noticed, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, especially when you were coming up and stuff like that. Um, the unity I find between Lucian artists and that 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 sense of togetherness and yo, I'm a Lucian artist, you're a Lucian artist, we we build in this thing. I find that 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 energy and that vibe is very much there. That support, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. At least that's that's what I get from the outside looking in. Mm. But what what was it like for you? You know, did you did you have like a lot of support? Um, was there a lot of um, what's it called friendship and you know the collaboration and stuff between you and other Lucian artists? Did you kind of have to make a name for yourself first before other artists would be like, "Yo, all right, let me do this thing and stuff." Right. All right. So when I started. I felt like there was a lot of division in, in the industry. Mm -hmm. And you could tell artists were not collaborating with each other. Everybody was more or less on their own scene. Now, I can safely say a lot of the artists are genuine friends with each other. So mm -hmm. not only are we peers, we, we are good friends. And I don't even feel like it's a, oh, you ain't make your name yet, so you can't do a song with me. We cool. I understand you have talent. Okay, let me do a song. Um, even somebody like Shemi J. When I was introduced to Shemi in 2015, nobody knew Shemi, but me and him clicked from the mm -hmm. beginning. And he used to ride around with me everywhere. I used to teach him about, you know, the game, the soca industry. And this is before he's any big artist or, or whatnot. And I feel like now the camaraderie between us People like we we have a group where we we talking probably show all day, you know it's not just about music. Or people like Hollywood HP, my Bridging for life, Michael Robinson, Arthur, mm -hmm. Chad. Mm -hmm. um, look at people like Army Guy, um, Mighty Silbans, um, Pa Kuya. All of us cool with each other. They have no animosity when we see each other. Matter of fact, we were on radio on Tuesday. All of us. Because Tuesday Pass would have been Carnival Tuesday in St. Lucia. So this radio show had all the artists come through. 
and we on radio a good two, three hours just singing songs, singing each other's songs too. You understand? So that's the kind of love that we have for each other. And I, I think that that's amazing, eh? Because music can be a competitive thing. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to, to, to be envious of somebody because you might yeah. think that they're doing better than you or whatnot. And um, I don't see that. If mm. it's there, I don't see it. When I come around all the artists, it's, it's, it's love. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and that's, that's 100% the vibe that I got when I visited. And, you know, just if I'm hanging out backstage, just seeing how all the Lucian artists just there, chilling, having drinks, doing everything, you know, even speaking Creole, just the, the whole thing. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's a really, really good vibe and energy to see, you know. Um, I know. I know you spoke about Black Boy as a, as a young legend. Um, are there, is there any specific advice that you would want to give to any up-and-coming soca artists? Um, you know, that, that could be from any island, any, any genre, um, especially those young artists that are up-and-coming in Lucia right now as well. Right. Oh, Big Up the Tweez in Boys in the Place there. Another group of artists from St. Lucia doing Ah, Big Up work. Yourself, Big Up Yourself. Yeah, man. Um, advice. First of all, you need to have love for what you do. Don't get into this music game if you're in it for, for fame and popularity or even money because there's so many hurdles you have to go through that if you're doing it for these reasons the military meter challenge you'll be ready to give up it's very it's very difficult to make it in the industry so you have to have the love for it you have to have patience because everything doesn't happen overnight when people first heard about me i was already singing for about seven years right so that goes to show you how much i was hustling before you even heard my name um you have to be strong you have to have a strong mind because you will meet people who will deter you from doing what you want to do they'll tell you oh you're not good enough um or your song not good and that could derail you and i think that you have to definitely be mentally strong and i think you have to to love the people too you have to show gratitude to the people who, who make you who you are because without the people and the support of the people, we would be nowhere. And I think that the young artists, at least the ones that I deal with, I feel like I'm the middle child now. I'm not a rookie anymore, but I old head yet. I'm in the middle. So I, I kind of deal with everybody. You understand? And I think that the, the younger artists that I deal with, it's so amazing how so much more focused they are and how much further they are in their careers than when we were at that age. They, they have such great and vast knowledge of music, different aspects of music, writing, recording, mixing their own songs, even doing their own videos. So I see a lot of the younger artists doing their thing and um, that in turn inspires me. One artist that comes to mind is, is Rashad. I did... I did stick on you, Rashad. He played the sax. And then the following year, we actually did a song together where he, he's singing. Um, and Rashad is one of the artists, the young artists I'm so impressed with. When I met him, his work ethic is what stood out to me the most. Because for me, I don't ever consider myself the most talented, but I consider myself a very hard worker. That's why I think my talent is. And when I met him, yo, this kid in the studio whole night daybreak we in the studio and that's the kind of vibe i like i like creating at night and i like staying up just doing music and here is a young kid who understands that yo 
I need to stay up. I need to do music. I need to be dedicated to the craft. And I, I think he's an amazing artist. He's one of the most talented artists I've ever, you know, met and worked with. And I feel like Shemi J too, very hard worker. And, and that's one thing. I like to take a little credit for, for his success because we've had multiple conversations over the last five years that we've known each other. And I always tell him about working hard. And I remember one time we were working on a rhythm and he was like the last person to get the rhythm. And he wrote the song. He wrote his song in no time because he understood that, hey, I have to meet this deadline. Other artists have already recorded their songs and I'm, you know, trying to catch up. And then he, he ran with it every day. Just today, we came from the gym and he is singing a song for me. And he's like, yo, what do you think about that? So he's constantly working. And um, I appreciate that. I appreciate artists who work hard. And to all the up-and-coming artists, even the, the, the established artists, they have to remember to work hard and, and have that hunger. Absolutely, man. Very, very well said. Well said. No, I, and I, I think a lot of people will, will totally appreciate that. Um, for you, especially, because um, you brought up so much in, in, in the advice, and it sounds like you've been through so many different experiences and so many different hurdles. Um, for you, what was one of your biggest challenges or hurdles that you faced when you were, when you were coming up in, in, in your artistry in general? I think one of the challenges was being accepted by my own people. Mm -hmm. And as simple as it may have, as it may sound it it's not and i'll tell you one of the things that worked against me i was born and raised in senusha lived senusha my whole life when i started singing i was in the states i was in new york going to school and working in new york so this narrative started going around that i am a a new york artist so for people on the ground in St. Lucia, the perception is, oh, he's a foreigner, which, which was crazy to me because I was born and raised in St. Lucia. But again, when the, the masses were introduced to me, I was based in the States. So for some reason, I felt like that narrative was working against me because people didn't really view me as one of theirs. Those who, know, who knew me, they knew that, okay, I from Lucha, you understand? But the others who didn't, they, they kind of looked at me and they were like, yeah, I don't know yet. And it took years of putting music out, interviews, performances, and just getting the people more acquainted with me before I felt like, okay, boom, they've accepted me. You understand? Um, that was the beginning. I'll tell you what my biggest challenge is right now. And we've been real insane. We've been real on the on the Instagram yeah. there. My biggest challenge right now is getting that breakout regional and international hit song. So a lot of people they they um have a lot of success in their respective islands. Like for instance, you go to Grenada, you know about Boise, um, you know about Terra, Slatter, and I believe, like, even... I feel like... Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Boise in Grenada, like, from what I, I understand, like, Boise is king in Grenada. Like, when you go Grenada and you say Boise, like, it's big respect. You understand? He's the man there on the ground. 
But some may argue that he hasn't gotten that international hit here where everybody knows him. And I feel like that's the position I'm in right now. You understand? So that's what I'm, I'm working towards to get that, that bus, as, as they say. Um, and I feel like it can be disheartening eh? because I go be real, like in the band, I felt like in the band was trending in that direction. And I was just, I wasn't being complacent. I was doing dub plates and things for DJs and bands and whatnot just to get the song in rotation more. And I felt like Labor Day, I was hearing it, I was hearing it, and then boom, it just slowly started, you know, going down to the point where Miami Carnival came around. I didn't hear it once. So I was like, yeah, it, it, it's disappointing because I, I work hard, brother. I work hard at what I do. And I always tell people, the minute I make it, I feel like I deserve it. Because I know how much work I put in. I know how much sacrifice I put into in, into what I do. Um, I see Jen said it took 38 to 9 years before you bust regionally. That is true. That is true. It took Teddy. That's a good example. It took Teddy a while. And, and here's the thing. Eh? When Teddy finally bust, mm -hmm. us in St. Lucia, we were saying, but with Teddy, I bought us something early, you know. Like, Teddy have um, Land of Wine, Teddy Abaka, and Teddy, for us, we were happy for Teddy because nobody else had really bust big out of St. Lucia um, since Ricky T. And that was like probably 2007, 2008, around mm -hmm. that time. So we were generally happy for Teddy. And, but for us, we were like, yo, we know Teddy have better songs on national, but go through still, my boy. You understand? So for me, I, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and then, you know what, you know what does be frustrating? A, a tad frustrating for me? People go come up to you and they'll be like, boy, I feel like you should have been further than where you are right now, you know. You understand? Mm -hmm. And in a sense, it's a compliment because it, it, it shows you that people have this, this, you know, this perception of you. They feel, they feel like you should be there. But when you hear it over and over, like, wow, I feel, you know, you're not as big as, you, as you're supposed to be. Sometimes it, 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 it has messed in my head a little bit. But again, I just refocus. I focus on the music itself. And I try to block out all the outside noise and just do what I love. And um, what, what God out there for me, it will go manifest. That's incredible, Sadil. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I, think, I think you bring up so many, so many important points. And just seeing the love right now in the comments, mm. all the fans, all the love that you get and everybody supports in you and they understand you and i think that is something that um a lot of artists and a lot of people can relate to but definitely man i i trust me i know i know that 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 push and that's that that drive is there and i hear it all the time in the quality of the tunes mm. you put out you know that's from right. from when i first listened even when i go back to past tunes that i didn't particularly know mm. you know that that vibe that energy and that everything is always there so i'm sure that time will come you know, it will be Sidale Summit to the world. <laughs> Scrooge, big up my brother. Big up. Yes, Scrooge. big up yourself, Scrooge. Scrooge, what are we talking about? Real thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we bring things a little bit to a close here, what's, where do you see, um, this is a, a general question we always ask, where do you see Soka Musa going? 
mm-hmm. in maybe like the next five years? And more importantly, where do you see see Dale going in like maybe the next five years or so? Okay. Um, soca music, I expect it to be more widely known. I expect to see soca music in more mainstream shows that we watch, Netflix, HBO. You'll be surprised we watching some kind of Game of Thrones spin-off and, and a soca play. <laughs> 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 Something, you know, but I expect yeah. us to be to have a, a better presence in the in the mainstream music industry. Um for me personally, I feel like I, I want to be internationally known um i want i want to to reshape the way people think of an artist for me as an artist i take this as a responsibility i don't think being an artist an artist is just about entertainment i feel like being an artist i am a vessel i inspire i motivate i inform I think my father used to tell me all the time that um, my father is an old Calypso head. Eh? That's where I get my love of, of music from. My father used to tell me back then when not everybody could get a newspaper or news didn't travel as fast. A lot of information used to be spread through music. So if there's something going on in society, you right. hear it through, through music. And that goes to show you how influential an artist is. I'll give you another example. Sizzler, when he did that Black Woman and Child album, in that, that album was so profound. The message in it was, uh, was about Black love, um, being more Afrocentric, more conscious. And the crime rate in Jamaica went down because that was the, the, the vibe he put out into the atmosphere. So that goes to show you how powerful music is and i feel like in a sense musicians and artists are even more important than a politician for instance you understand because we could influence thinking we could influence people's actions just by what we we sing so for me this is not just something i take lightly i don't i don't say yeah boy man artist and i and i feel like um I just there to make you whine and entertain you. It goes beyond that. You understand? When when things get rough, look at the pandemic. Things got rough. We could not do what we normally do, like party and whatnot. But we could provide hope. You understand? We could give you something to look forward to to help you through your day. I think um Lyrical, when he did his live, I felt like the timing of that live was so so important. For me, I don't know if other people see it this way. I'm a big Lero fan. For me, when he did that live and the energy around the live and what that live meant to people at the time, I felt like that live secured his legacy for me as an artist because I didn't view it as just him coming online to entertain us. I felt like he was coming online to help us through what was going on in the world at that time. So for me, his legacy is secured. That's how I view it. Absolutely. And I I think that um, it's important for artists to to understand the power that they have. 
You understand? I feel like we, we as musicians, we, we have such a power that sometimes we don't even know. And for me, I try to be conscious of that. And when I put music out, and even how I carry myself too, because people don't just judge the music, they judge the artist as well. So I try to watch how I carry myself because I always know people are watching. And if you are not living up to a particular standard, in a sense, you do not disservice to the public. I'm a public servant. Put it like that. That's that's mm -hmm. what I what I think. And um, I try I try to do different things through music. So I have um, a school tour that I do, where I go into schools and I I talk about the creative industry, and I feel that's important because typically in the Caribbean we we always teach our our children to be lawyers, doctors teachers you know the conventional stuff and i thought that we needed to let people let the, the children understand that hey you could be a musician look at rihanna rihanna is a multi-millionaire off of music you understand we're not saying that being a doctor or a fireman a police officer is, is a is bad but we also want to let you know being a musician isn't bad too and it's a viable career that you could take on and live comfortably and I think it's important for us to share these messages with, with our youth. I'm very big on that, very big on, on the youth. And um, I think for me, I want to explore different aspects of the music and the music industry, whether it be a record label management, doing events, um, even apparel, um, development of artists. I think all these things are important in, in our industry that we we lacking in a sense. So I want to do all these things. I, I see myself as not just an artist, but a brand. You understand? And my brand, whether, if I decide to take it in the direction, let's say I want to do, do sneakers tomorrow, I could do that. And I look at the mainstream artists like, like look at Jay-Z. Look at what he's doing with his brand. Look at how he's become a billionaire where he started in music, where he branched out into different ventures. So that's how I see myself. And I feel like soca music is going to get to the point where it's on the level of the mainstream music that we had, the hip-hop and whatnot. And it slowly it's happening. You have people like Sway Lee who admitted that one of the songs I can't... Um, Unforgettable, right? Yeah. Unforgettable is influenced by soca music. So imagine these big artists are listening to us and they're running with some of our technique and our, our style. So that just goes to show you, I think soca could definitely get there. Yeah, man. Well said, bro. Well, well, well said. Wow, there's so many, so many amazing points you brought up there. And yeah, I, one of my, to echo what you said, one of my favorite quotes um, from, from Kess um, was that, you know, artists are a vessel and you have to let the blessings flow through you right through you. right and and, and right. i think that's that's such an important thing like even in a lot of interviews that i hear with marshall saying that he himself feels like he doesn't actually create the music that it's always been there and it's just flowing through him you right. know right. and to echo a lot of the things that you said you know a lot of the music that you feel just came to you you know from through god and through god. That it, it's, yep. it's just there yep. you know like you don't know where it came from, but it, it flowed through you yeah. and it was, it, was, it was meant to be. So 
I totally feel you on that, man. Um, I, I appreciate all the gems that you just dropped. Sidel, before we end things, brother, where can we find you? Tell us what the social media, the everything, where, where can we find you? And tell us where we can stream and buy um, your latest release. Right. So you can find me on Instagram, Sidel um, underscore DTS. I'm on Facebook as well, Sidel um, Simei or Sidel underscore DTS as well for my artist page. Um, I'm on Twitter, Sidel Music. All of them days I tweeting as much, you know. I just thought about tweeting. Um, as far as my, my latest release, Celebrate, um, you could stream it on YouTube, SoundCloud. It's on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, TikTok, all major streaming platforms. You could also find my catalog of music on those same platforms as well. Um, I want to big up everybody in the live who, you know, stay for the whole thing. Amigai, big up yourself. Amigai is one of the artists in St. Lucia that is very, very supportive. You look at Amigai Instagram page, you always sharing somebody music or one of the ventures. So big up Amigai, big up DICU. Um, Mix jumped in the live a while ago. Big up Mix Vibes Productions. And a big up all illusion artists. Big up everybody who supports the vibe. Big up all the artists and the DJs because I know we're going through it right now with the old pandemic thing slow. But there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't stress too much. Um, and Rich, Live Love Soka, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed having this conversation. I didn't feel like it was an interview. We had a conversation. Conversation, absolutely, Tomorrow. brother, yes. <laughs> now, anytime we link, bro, it's always, always, always vibes. You come in um, Lucia next year, dog? Well, if it's open, I in there. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you too, you gotta come. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if it if it open, we in there, we link in, we go in everywhere. It's it's gonna be a vibe for sure. Sidel, every time we link, it's it's always the most vibes. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us for dropping all those gems, hearing all these stories. To everybody in the chat, thank you again for always tuning in every week to the interviews and the conversations. We always love to see and hear your support. To all these Sidel fans, you have plenty to expect. So yeah, they're excited. I'm excited, and Sidel, it was amazing, amazing vibes. Take care of yourself. Excited to see what the future holds for you, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. Once again, thank you to everybody in the chat showing love. Big up everybody from St. Lucia, West Indies, everybody watching overseas in America, Canada, around the world. Big up. Look out for more music from Sidel coming soon. And I hope you all take in what we have um, released so far. Remember, title, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, everything up there. Go stream it. Support the artists. <laughs> Absolutely. Support the artists. All right. On that note, we say big up and bless. Much love, everybody. Sadeo, we'll be in touch, brother. I'll talk to yeah, you right. soon. All right. Respect. All right. Take care. Yes, I.